Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Apollo. And I'm Jake Freyo. So we are now in the, the evening of Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day. Um, and as always, uh, we are going to bring you some disheartening news, but we're going we're gonna to tie in some hope because that is our mission. Um, so this year, as uh, we expected, as we hoped it would not be, but it is, uh, this show, or I'm sorry, this year has started off no uh, better than uh, 2021. We've had uh, continued assaults on our freedoms. They're coming after elections again. Uh, we spoke about that a little bit this morning. We'll talk about it again a little bit later. Um, but we still continue to be in a society that wishes to push us into a two tier system into a system of the good uh the good acceptable citizens and the the evil bad ones the non-compliant um and that as we see now is based solely on your willingness to conform to the orders of those who consider us their are over or who consider themselves our overlords uh the fauci's of the world the polises here in colorado the uh, Biden's, uh, although I guess you can't really include him because he's kind of a, he's like a walking meat puppet, frankly. Um, but we're seeing uh, no slowdown in banning people based on their vaccination status, uh, the continued media bias that wishes to divide us, right versus left, man against woman, conservative versus Democrat, Republican versus Democrat, vaccinated versus unvaccinated uh and ad infinitum and they're so, coming for everything they're oh yeah absolutely your, everything your job your livelihood your well-being your health insurance everything everything you can think of they're coming for it and now they're coming for your you know they came for your kids they're still coming for your kids and now they're coming for your family as a whole and tonight's guest is a probably a good example of that as to the double standard, the other. They have created the other. And history has shown us the very consequences of when a society creates the other. And we have a good example in, in Bill. And Bill, Bill, Bill can explain the story a little bit better. We're hearing it more and more often, and that's the scary part. You know, for a long time, we've been labeled conspiracy theorists. And what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? Apollo. About six months. About six months. It's actually a little bit faster than that from what we're seeing. Yeah, the lately, this I guess that is a good thing. Yeah, this year, yeah. it's turned into more like three months, sometimes one, sometimes a few days. Um, but we do have a special guest uh, this evening, and we've had a number of other uh, guests with similar stories on the show, and all of them are very heartbreaking. Uh, we've spoken about a number of them. Uh, and so when I mention this two-tiered society, uh, you're, you're going to hear... One example, these COVID protocols, the administrative directives, uh, these hospital systems who are putting uh, 
essentially coronavirus politics and their, uh, you know, their profits above the lives of their patients. Uh, they're violating their Hippocratic Oath, and they're not working to uh, keep everyone safe to uh, save lives. They're working to follow orders. Uh, so we have a guest here tonight, and I'd like to bring him on now. We have Bill Paget with us, who has a similar story uh, relating to him and his wife. Uh, so why don't we bring Bill on right now? How are you doing, Bill? Yeah, hey, guys. How are you doing? Yes, awesome. I can. I'm here. Nice to see you, Bill. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Glad glad we got the hat on, Bill. Uh, we've got oh, a little yeah. bit of uh, – we've got our, our beautiful flag in the background there. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> – it's an older one, but it's a still good one. Yeah, they don't expire. That's all right. Um, That's right. So uh, again, as I as I introduce everyone, uh, I know you you're dealing with a lot of this COVID insanity and the uh, the favoritism that you know the hospitals are playing that you're receiving from uh, from the staff there as a result of these uh, these policies uh, relating to COVID protocols. Um, so I, I want just I want to give you a few minutes to give us a little bit of background on uh, on your wife, how she's doing, and what exactly uh, what exactly you've been dealing with. So I'll give you the floor. Uh, certainly. Uh, so to begin with, um, uh, my wife is in the ho- is in a local hospital here right now. I'm not going to go into too many specific names because uh, there's other things going on that are pending. So in a local hospital here in Colorado Springs, uh, where she was admitted on Monday a week ago, that was a week ago today, uh, into the emergency room with some uh, very um, pronounced cognitive, it was was cognitive issues that were very severe and went to the, uh, that she's never had before in her life. Um, And about a week, week and a half before that, she had tested negative. She gets tested all the time because she's under many medications for a couple of different autoimmune illnesses she has. So, Anyhow, she uh, tested negative for COVID uh, uh, twice, uh, once with a PCR and with a rapid test, both negative. Anyway, was admitted to the hospital, but uh, during the emergency room stay for about a good 11 hours, she was in there 11 or 12, I was in there 11 hours of it. Um, They told me that a blood culture came back as positive for COVID. I said, okay. Then they immediately went to the uh, COVID protocols and, in the morning, about 7 a.m., they whisked her up to the ICU, which she needs. She needed that. There was a the condition was such that she needed that. But because of the moniker of COVID positive, um, with being asymptomatic and uh, not actually knowing whether she had uh, acute COVID right at that point, but of course antigens, antibodies showed a in the blood showed a positive COVID result. They did go to the positive uh, COVID protocols. So at that point, um, since I live with my wife and I was not able to uh, come to the ICU with her, I was summarily escorted out of the hospital and not allowed to back back in to the hospital. I was asked if I was vaccinated and I am not. Now, mind you, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just do not. um, I am very, a lot of knowledge on the, uh, the, um, mRNA vaccines and the Johnson and Johnson. And I'm waiting for another one that is pending that will be coming out, but not the emergency authorization ones. So I will take one, but nevertheless, I'm not vaccinated. So I was not out, uh, allowed back into the hospital until a pot, a negative COVID taste uh, test 
five days from the time that I had last contact, which would have been last Tuesday. Well, the uh, protocols were changed as soon as I went to the ICU. I was told by one nurse I could go up there for eight hours at a time. Another one and a charge nurse who escorted me out after I actually did make it to the ICU based upon my screening in the ER, I was able to go to the ICU just sort of unhindered and then told I had to leave a few hours later, not allowed back into the hospital at that time. So ER out of the hospital back in just uh, sort of waltzed in. I did this myself. So, uh, and then went right up without screening. Well, with those, with those rules, so to speak, because I was living with a COVID positive patient, mind you, negative until we were into the hospital and with a blood test and now she's positive. Mind you, I was not allowed back into the hospital after being escorted out of the ICU and labeled as a troublemaker, did not threaten, didn't run around with my hair on fire, but uh, asked some pointed questions. If you and I are around COVID patients and I'm not allowed back into the hospital, then those of you that don't have your N95 masks, just paper masks or not masks at all, everybody should be out of this hospital. And I did mention that. I said, you should all leave now and just leave these patients dying. And uh, of course, that wasn't, that was not taken very well. I probably shouldn't have been that pointed at the more, at that moment, a little more diplomatic, but being up all day, Monday and Tuesday, and wanting to be with my wife of 38 years, we're in our 38th year of marriage. We're very connected and the family is a very nuclear family. Love each other. And I am not going to leave my wife. Um, well, and so this, this is, this is my problem. This is, I don't want to interrupt you. I just, you, you shouldn't have to say that. You know, you shouldn't have no. to say, I should have. And so I'll ask you this. I know we talked about this. Did you cause a scene? No. Did you, did you get violent with anyone? Did you threaten anybody? No. Did you get hysterical, no. ballistic, start screaming at them? And no, I just I complied with them. I complied. So you complied. And yet, and so they kicked you out for being in contact with a positive patient, right? That's correct. So everybody and that positive patient is who? That positive patient was My your wife. wife. Yeah, My so wife. you're there to see your yeah. wife, and they tell you to leave because you've been in contact well, with your wife. Not only that, I am the signed-on legal representative as a her have power of attorney for her health care decisions since she cannot make them. But I could not go back into the hospital until a test five days later. After five days of contact with a positive, a verifiable positive COVID person, patient, whoever, I'm not allowed back in until five days after that, which the test today proves that uh, I'm negative, but I still have to uh, give that to the, to the uh, medical authorities. So, um, and yet, so for the first three or two or three days, well, about four days, we were running into brick walls with treatment and people who would contact us, come back to uh, at least give me some idea of the protocols. And so I did call her longtime rheumatologist uh, back in Atlanta, Georgia, in order to uh, um, get some, uh, I'm, the man is one of the smartest men on earth. and. Uh, has been through trials with uh, all different types of medications, going through some now. He heads up some of the trials from the latest and greatest biologic medications for her condition of psoriatic arthritis, which she is 
100% medically disabled for. So, and verifiable, she's under 100%, she's medically disabled, social security disability. So I went through him and to gather these doctors together, which he was able to do over the phone. And uh, so that we could get some protocols going and to get the history and what might be going on in her so body and her brain neurologically. So now we're kind of on that road now. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a battle. And so yeah. you were you were telling me as well they uh, they have uh, they treated your daughter very differently when she went in. They did because um, all she had to say was that yes I'm vaccinated. Now, I could have lied, but required no proof that. And since my daughter had not had contact with her since Christmas, so that's been longer than the uh, five or ten days. Well the. That rule changed, too, within 24 hours. Five days of contact, 10 days, and 14 days. Still, all of those but all of those rules had been met, so it had been since Christmas. So uh, she was out able to, she's able to go up to the ICU, talk to the doctors and nurses, uh, having been, you know, vaccinated, which she is. She is vaccinated, but I cannot. So, and nevertheless, so uh, it has been frustrating, and it has been a double standard. And um, uh, let me also say, let me clarify, and just just for one moment, the doctors and the nurses, I can tell you, people are very frustrated, even, in, even to that level of nurses who are rendering uh, care and nurses who are rendering um, uh, doctors who are rendering care. I have had doctors and nurses tell me privately, I'm not going to mention any names or where they're from, that this is insidious. So I have to, we have to maintain a certain level of anonymity because there are people whose livelihoods and jobs are on the line and they really, really uh, do care. I've only met with maybe a little adversarial, um, you know, conversation here and there uh, amongst uh, the level of the, uh, of, of the boots, on, boots on the ground, shall we say. Okay, doctors and nurses and uh, people uh, that are right there next to the patients all the time because they see them die. It's heartbreaking. So um, I won't disparage that. It's, it's, the, it's administratively, um, politically, governmentally, and uh, they're having to walk a fine line and render care. And uh, there's some that are afraid of their own shadow, but then there's others who, uh, who know what they're doing. They do. So that's, uh, that, that's, that's the... Uh, that's the kind of the caveat that I wanted to say. So, and that's, you had mentioned, but, uh, so you had mentioned that uh, a doctor had actually given you an apology. Uh, was that right? We did. Well, I gave my gave my uh, actually he gave my daughter an apology for not being in communication soon enough. But he was one. He was a little bit higher level and not uh, involved with the daily care as much, but yet present uh, in the ICU and took the uh, notes and the turnover from the doctor who was rendering care, who had, who's not able to be there for the next couple of weeks. So uh, a very, uh, actually a very, a very wonderful doctor who's been at this for 28 years or more. And uh, as he explained to me, and actually, actually did apologize for not being in communication uh, as, as, um, and as detailed on the, they have a lot of patients, let's put it this way, staffing right now, too, because of either COVID sickness or people leaving the workforce because of mandatory vaccination status themselves. So we have healthcare workers 
who are now uh, they're they're strapped they're strapped they're they're stretched to the nth degree to render the proper care. So and he apologized to us for that, but he didn't have to in my mind. But uh, so wonderful doctor. Yeah. Well, it's good. I'm glad that at least in your experience, because a lot of the other cases that we've had on, uh, you know, families who are having very similar issues, and in some cases worse. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I I'm so grateful that you are having uh, the experience that you are because uh, this, to be honest, this is the best case scenario that I've heard from people who are having issues like this. Um, we've heard much worse in terms of people not getting, uh, not getting access to their family members. They're, the doctors are not respecting the wishes of the people who are in charge of their care legally. Um, you know, yeah. they're legally their guardians, whether it's their spouse or someone else. Yeah. Um, the, right. I mean, you know, the issues with, uh, the drugs that they're being given or refused, uh, well, to be treated with. And, right. And I'll have to say, uh, we are, uh, as a family and uh, myself, and, uh, I'll say this, my daughter who's been interfacing with these, with the folks, we are not strangers to the medical field. And we have, I've been going through this with, uh, other people and my wife, especially for, you know, 20 to 30 years. We're pretty well versed. I feel for folks that don't have the knowledge. They have to trust the healthcare professionals. They're not able to be there and talk to them on a level where the healthcare professionals can say, oh, you know, these people understand. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. Everything from, uh, you know, a toxic, uh, like we're, we're dealing with right now, toxic metabol uh, metabolic encephalopathy, okay, encephalopathy. That is a that's, it's a difficult thing to deal with. It causes swelling of the brain. Yeah. Not many people know what the heck that is. You have to look it up and study. We know about it. The doctors are very, uh, the one, two that I'm, I've talked to are very well versed. Just so happens we are blessed enough to have a couple of people that know what's going on with all of this. So most people do not, and they're either given treatments or, you know, maybe drugs that, uh, some might help, some might not, and they don't know. And we're, they are, uh, so I will have to say we're blessed enough to know enough to ask the right questions where they can, they know that we, we have enough knowledge and can talk on a level that they can talk on and know what, what's going on. So I, I'm, I'm just so afraid that a lot of other people don't know. It's not ignorance because people are not smart. It's just, because of not dealing with it. And it's just ignorance by not, just not knowing. That's all. And uh, so anyway, yeah, best case scenario you said, I, I feel like we might be in the best case scenario, but other, uh, I wanted to highlight this for uh, people who are going through the similar, similar circumstances. And uh, just, I can say, don't, do not give up. Don't get angry, don't get mad. Don't do something, you know, don't do something stupid. You know, I'm not going to light myself on fire and drop off, jump off the top of the hospital. I'm not going to do it. But we have to keep pushing um, for changes, you know, politically or legislatively and in the hospital, you know, down to the hospital administrative level itself, because there are a lot of avenues, believe it or not. Palliative care, hospital advocates, patient advocates, you can do all of that. It does take a concentrated effort by more than one person every single day you have to kind of remain focused it, it's not it's not something you can ask somebody and then three days later go back and see what's going on 
it's got to be a daily effort. Well, it's and I, I just want to say to you as well, you're, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy and I'm, I'm grateful. Your wife is blessed uh, that you are there and uh, you know you, you, you care enough to be there and you know you, you are uh, making an effort that she has family like that. I've, uh, I know personally some, uh, a good friend of my mother's and I uh, just died last week. Um, because she, she got sick. She was put in the hospital. She was perfectly healthy. Um, right. And she was intubated very quickly. They didn't give her any oh, yeah. of the, yeah, they didn't give her any of the treatments that she should have if they actually cared to see her live. Um, she, her condition declined. They put her on life support shortly after that. Um, and actually, uh, mm. tomorrow we're going to, we're going to play a, a clip from an interview that we had. She was on the show um wow. about a month ago uh and she was put on life support and her family was you know not really too uh they, they were not open to any of the alternative treatments they frankly didn't really care oh, okay and uh so she she was oh, actually man. taken oh. off life support because they wouldn't they wouldn't do anything for her they just kept her on life support and weren't giving they weren't giving her ivermectin they they wouldn't do anything it doesn't have, and it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. I was, we, like I said, we were actually fortunate. Uh, so one of the doctors, uh, well, the doctor this past weekend said, uh, he called me and said, are you opposed to alternative therapies? Uh, which blew me away. I said, tell me what you got. We're talking zinc, vitamin C, N-acetyl-L-cysteine, which helps mm -hmm. the lungs and the body to uh, produce its own glutathione. Glutathione is one of those powerful yeah, antioxidants. Master, master antioxidant. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so he asked me if that was okay to do that. And I said, please do that. You know, uh, yes. So, um, uh, and it is, like I said, it's a lot of, of what people don't know, but there's a lot of in the box thinking. You got to be out of the box. So much in the box thinking. Here's what we do do A, B, or C, doesn't work. Patient's going to die. You know, yeah. And the, well, and this is, this is a, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go I ahead, was go ahead, say, though. what I'm, of is sometimes the uh, uh, even we're all we're human so the the healthcare workers the doctors nurses they see it happen hundreds of times become jaded and and uh, kind of don't see the forest for the trees you know here's what's happening right in front of you well I've seen this you know 200 times now and it's just inevitable and but no it's not it doesn't have to be it really doesn't and so uh, it takes a concerted effort and it does depend on where you are you know so, uh, um, and I, I just uh, want, I wanted to highlight those things. I, I know, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't give you the, you know, the story. We, we're not getting any care. Everybody, you know, people are dying. Well, this, 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 she is not out of the woods by any means. She is intubated and was as of this afternoon when I was talking to the doctors. They are going to try to remove that today, uh, the ventilator, and maybe tomorrow. Uh, she has not come out of her, uh, her, um, uh, she's not aware yet of what's going on. She she's, she's sedated because of the, the pain. Very Was sedated, that... but also they've removed most of the sedation, if not all of it now. Okay. I'm, so I'm giving you some of the uh, details, uh, but, um, she's not waking up. And so right now it's still pretty touch and go. It's kind of, it's, uh, so right now emotions are, in my case right now, they're raw, very raw. And I know, you know a couple of my kids don't want me to be on the air, but I felt I should. You Has know. she gotten ivermectin? 
Not ivermectin, no. No. Okay, I'll uh, I'll talk to you after the show. But uh, if, there, if there's please, anything uh, you need, uh, other avenues, I'll I'll make sure that that you get them. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I, uh, one of the doctors that's cared for her actually, uh, his father, his own father, uh, a few months ago went through almost the same thing, and this particular doctor took matters in hand and and hand and and uh, with alternatives and and saved his own father's life. So I sort of. I, I was in, different from just about anybody else you'll meet. So we were fortunate to uh, be able to talk to somebody like this. And uh, so, and, uh, but nevertheless, that's not, that's not the usual case. So, uh, and uh, so I will, uh, uh, but no, she hasn't had that yet, you know. And So uh, a quick question too, is there, is there, I know that, you know, hopefully she'll be taken off, uh, off the ventilator. Hopefully she's going to uh, make a turn upwards. Is there anything that, um, that our listeners can do is there any whether it's calling someone um, if there if there's anyone we can connect you with is there any way that we can support you um, you know r- right now is is there anything that uh, that our listeners or that we can do for for you too because I sure, what, we're going to be um, praying but I want to make sure we do everything we can to make sure that she's well right and you can and I have to say we are we're a praying family. And so, are, so is the extended family. But yes, that is definitely the case, and it's Debbie Paget. But uh, um, what? And I did sort of put out a, I, I put out a clarion call at the end of last week with one of the uh, more politically active people here in the uh, in the area, and she was the one that got me in touch with you. And uh, so, and we did we did make the calls to the hospital and made visits, and it was just a line of people, and. Uh, the, and, and that can happen, but what then what happens is you overload the workers who are already there, who do want to do the right thing, and because there are other patients in similar situations. So I would say, but legislatively, yes. What we do is uh, we get on, and there are several organizations, but we get on board and call call your, I mean, you hear call your representative all the time. I actually call the governor's office. I did call the state senator. I call. I actually called and left the governor, uh, governor's office messages. So I think with enough people to affect some changes, legis- you know, changes legislate legislatively, we can get some of these changes made in government to allow people to be with their families and to explore the alternative uh, protocols that are out there. And uh, so, and talk intelligently with them. So, I would say to absolutely do that. And calling and petitioning representatives will do that. They've affected change in some states now, uh, not as many as we would like, but it can be done. You know. Yeah. So, uh, um, and that's 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 uh, and 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 I, I don't want to make it just about you know me. I just want to make sure that. Everybody who's in a situation like this knows that there are avenues to take, and I and I and I have to, you know, I haven't put out any names and numbers and stuff like that. But any for my wife in particular, we have a lot of people that are on board right now uh, with doing making those contacts. So, but if you are in a situation or know somebody, please call a hospital palliative care palliative care. Um, nurses and the palliative care offices. And a lot of times some of these offices are now like patient representatives are not even in the hospitals, which is 
which kind of dumbfounds me, but you call patient care representatives, you call, you can, you can get to a grievance type of a website, but that's not good enough. You have to make a visit, call the ner- the patient care advocates and ombudsman, the ombudsman of the, and that's, that is the case, just like in the military, if you were in the military, there's usually, when I was in the Navy, I was punching holes through the ocean on fast attacks from all through the 80s and 90s. And the ombudsman was generally the captain's wife or uh, mm-hmm. somebody like a uh, exec XO's wife. Well, the hospital ombudsman is a representative that really does can affect a lot of decisions at the uh, at that hospital level. So you you have to you have to call these people, okay? And they will take your call and they will listen to you. And uh, so, and that's uh, you know. And I, it's not just about, it's not, and so it is not just about me. It's about the folks that are going through the same thing, even though I'm here talking about it. Somebody's got to do it. And so, um, and you've had people on before. And uh, so I just, uh, and legislatively, I'm, I'm uh, so if you can get connected with some of the uh, organizations, uh, Republican National Committee, but there are different organizations in each state, like here in Colorado, we have, a couple of organizations here in the Springs that are headed up by, say, uh, you know, Julie Park and people like that, and uh, representative for the uh, Republican National Committee, uh, the chairwoman, and uh, so we have, we have, we have good folks that do petition the legislature, and we need to do that continually. Well, and I think the, I would, the pressure it, needs to be it needs to be heavy and it needs to come from a lot of people because we're we're still have. seeing that there's no time to be dragging their feet on this, and we're seeing. I mean, no time. You know, You're right. From uh, and actually, um, let's see if I can, um, if I can find this real quick. Um, okay. Mr. Producer, if you can pull up, um, if you can pull up image, um, image A, uh, A ten, please. Um, this was, uh, it was a few months ago. It was back in November, but we're seeing these all over now. Okay. Um, but, you know, Colorado, uh, Polis has passed all, you know, executive orders. They're passing them in other states. They're passing, passing legislation now, and they're openly calling. Th- this is where, where this gets really dangerous. Um, you know, they're, they're actively, publicly, openly calling to deny medical care to those who are unvaccinated, to those who do not comply, uh, now, and who, now who is who is doing that? The, oh, uh, journalists, uh, oh, yeah, politicians in in multiple states. This is happening all over the all over the place, and so this is where I think this is going. This new Colorado health order allows hospitals to refuse patients as cases and hospitalizations rise. Uh, if you can go to A eleven, yeah, I remember when Polis, the governor Polis, actually uh, uh, did this. Yeah. And yeah, and so what, yeah. yeah, and so th- this is and it's accelerating now. The the rhetoric is accelerating and they they're they are actively calling to to ramp this up. Um and they they continue to push this narrative that it's it's only the unvaccinated. We know that's a lie. They're talking about all these record uh, hospitalizations, all these record cases. We know that's a lie. Uh you know, they're they're saying it's no longer uh about uh, or it's no longer about 
uh, beds. I'm concerned we're going to exceed capacity. Uh, and the uh, vaccination levels have risen steadily with children. Uh, they're still able to get vaccinated. November 2nd, they voted to approve vaccines for the children ages 5 to 11. Uh, you can take this down. Uh, and if you can't put up image 12, I mean, this is this is criminal, and we're seeing all of these issues with the with these vaccines. It's one thing if people want to get vaccinated or don't want to get vaccinated. That's on them. That, that that that's totally up to you. That's a personal choice. But now they're they're forcing this after it's been proven. I mean, as you were saying, the the EAU is absolutely criminal. It didn't need to be instituted in the first place. They have right. the media for a year, a year plus, and still today. They lambasted and vilified uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, monoclonal antibodies. They're passing bills in Florida. Uh, they're trying to limit, the, and in Texas, they're limiting the availability of monoclonal antibodies and these other treatments that are actually proven to be effective. Go ahead and put that up. Uh, Why would they? Because, because it's criminal. I, I mean, 12. I know it's happening, but I'm still just... No, it just blows my mind. This is, this is where we're coming down to... to uh, to two classes of citizens. Um, and so where this is going to go, and this is what they're op openly calling for, uh, is they're, you know, these crisis standards of care, and they can choose to move people to different hospitals uh, with even without the consent of the patient, uh, re you know, regardless of their wishes, and they can turn people away. And what this is turning into is people who are unvaccinated. Uh, so you can go ahead and take this down now. Uh, that we, we are I have had so many conversations with people who they go to the hospital and they say, yeah, I got the vaccine and I'm not going to name names, but they lie. They say they say, yeah, oh, yeah, I got vaccinated. And they ask, oh, which one? They go, oh, yeah, I got Pfizer. I got it three weeks ago. And they yeah. they treat them entirely different. They give them different. Uh, yeah. They treat them differently. They give them different drugs. Uh, they give them different tests. And then You've they say they're unvaccinated. I've literally had I, I've literally uh I know people who firsthand have been turned away with very serious symptoms simply because they went there and they said they were not vaccinated. I know of people who have been coughing up blood and they turn them away and they say, go home and, you know, take some Motrin and get some rest. Coughing up blood. There's absolutely zero reason that people should be turned away in that, in that situation. And it's because they said they were unvaccinated because they weren't compliant. And, I mean, this well, is where it gets absolutely criminal. Just, uh totally against Hippocratic Oath and also against what uh, um, ERs and hospitals have uh, against the protocols they've always followed, regardless of any kind of vaccination status or health status in general. I mean, it's like, uh, oh, you can't walk. You have one leg amputated. You don't have two. Well, you can't walk in. Well, sorry, you can't get uh, treated if you can't walk in here. So it's, 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 it's to that degree, you know. Well, and, and, you know, we're, and it's yeah. wrapped up now in politics, too, because, and I mean, you know, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you're familiar with it to some extent. Uh, you know, we like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I like cars and guns and beer and God, right? And, uh, you know, I, I voted for Trump, uh, and we're, we're seeing the exact sign of, the exact kind of uh, this bias, treat, treating people like second-class individuals because sure. they, because they don't follow these protocols, because they don't, they don't get the vaccine. Um I mean, it's we're we're so close to a nightmare straight out of 1984 that because uh, oh, sure. you know you're lucky and you're you're seeing you know the doctors are they do want to do the right thing. The unfortunate thing is in the hospitals, and I, I've heard so many of these stories personally. 
and I've seen a few of them myself, my own family, that not all of the hospital workers uh, feel that way. I, I know firsthand accounts of them overhearing the nurses say, just let them die. They don't want to get the vaccine. And they're, they're, they're saying in the hospitals that they, the patients overhear them, oh, they're, one, they're not unvaccinated? You shouldn't have to risk your life to go treat that, that, uh, that idiot. Yeah, let them die. Don't, they're, they're not even treating them in some cases. In some, in some hospitals, the staff is so, like, they're demented in their head with this politics. And just like this, you know, Trump-Biden thing and all the Trump supporters are these horrible people, the unvaccinated are being treated this, the exact same. And so now they're being, uh, amongst the staff, they're even being told by their superiors and amongst themselves, if they feel that way, screw them. Don't give them the treatment. I don't even care. I'm not going to check him. Uh, it's it's absolutely disgusting. It, it's it's criminal. It's disgusting. It it's is. evil. It is criminal, evil, and disgusting, as you said. And it's a mass uh, information psychosis. And uh, it's really odd how that has come about. And it seems to it's uh, it's to me that's the uh, that's the overriding pandemic itself. You know, is this and it, I call it a psychosis, and you've heard of that before probably, and it's this mass psychosis that seems to have infected a huge amount of society, a lot of healthcare, a lot of the healthcare, and uh, so, and it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of an amazing thing to see, in my opinion, and uh, um, I, I think we've been blessed to, uh, uh, fortunately, to have, a, there's been a couple of doctors that have, have uh, uh, regardless of the situation, have rendered care. So, uh, in this particular case, and we interface, we, we talk, we talk to the healthcare workers every day. So you have to, in your own family's personal case, you have to, you, you do have to do that. You, you have to render a, an amount of trust you, you do to a, to a healthcare professional, a doctor to do what they know is correct. But if they're not, and you can, and it's obvious and you can see that you have to, you have to go, then take the alternative avenues and and which it, it's it's mind-numbing to have to do that but uh um you don't want to have to but uh this this what you said what you talked about this uh it's almost a demented psychosis that has infected a a large portion of the healthcare industry that says okay you're not going to do this for yourself why should we help you and it's not that somebody goes out and says, well, inject me with some COVID, would you? And I will go into the ER and see if I can get treated. That's not it. We want to live our lives. And uh, if we do get uh, sick or whatever, uh, we want to see and have proper, we want to have, be able to have proper care without a, uh, like you said, without a division of classes. And that, uh, and that's, a, that's unfortunate. And, uh, and even at first, since, well, since my wife wasn't, uh, uh, she had she was not positive for COVID. I didn't actually know what exactly was going on, so I had to call it in. When I called in the emergency uh, to the uh, emergency or to 911, I actually thought it was a stroke, is what I thought. So I mean, I truly thought it was a stroke that was happening. So um, anyway, and so that's how they treated it, and uh, even up to the point of uh, taking her to uh, the uh, ICU after the ER. So, um, and then kind of figured out some things. So that's still a lot of details that we don't have to necessarily get into. It takes a long time. So, but for this particular, uh, for this particular circumstance and right now, we do want to highlight what you were just talking about. I mean, the, uh, the, the insidious nature of how we get our, how we now, how people are treated in general, really. So, well, so I, uh, 
Bill, I want to I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, just so you know, that we have uh, several prayers in the comments. Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, heal heal Debbie. Uh, pray for this man. Bless this man. Uh, so you have a, a number of prayers here. I want to, uh, if you don't mind, just say a prayer for you uh, here real quick. Certainly. Father God, I just want to bless uh, Bill and his wife Peggy, uh, loyal children of yours, faithful, beautiful souls that we are lucky to have in our lives. I want you to please do everything in your power. Heal his wife. Drive out whatever sickness she's dealing with. I want you to bring her, please, Father God, Bring her off the ventilator, bring her to health, bring her back home to her loving family, to Bill and their lovely, and their lovely children. I want you to f cover Bill in a, a warm circle of protection. I want you to fill his heart with hope and with love and with joy, the joy that he experiences with his wife. I want you to bring them back together again. I know that this is a trying time for all Americans and especially for Bill and his wife right now but I know that this is all according to your plan. Please bring up their hearts, fill their bodies with strength, their minds with hope, their hearts with the fire that you, only you can give us. Bless them, bring them peace, bring them hope, bring them both health, and allow this message, this story, allow Bill's words and the love that he clearly has for his wife that so many other Americans do as well. Let it awaken the hearts and minds of everyone listening to his words now. Let them understand the evil that is surrounding our society so that we may combat it, so that we may be rid of this, this system that refuses to value lives, to value the health of our, our brothers and sisters under you, Lord. Bring them back home so that we, hopefully, we, we have Bill on again with Debbie, and we can rejoice in their good health, and they may continue to live a beautiful life together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I pray, amen. Thank you. I And let you know, we have, we're blessed with, we have five children, seven grandchildren, and <laughs> uh, so, and a, and a group of prayer warriors that are just um, every day and every minute, 24 um, seven, uh, praying. And that's, that's what we've been doing. This is, and, uh, Highlighting this is, you know, as part of what's happening in our society is important. But I, at the very end, let me just say, this is also, um, the Lord is also, this has caused the Lord to bring everybody together. And there's a lot of people that are being brought together. Some people disagree with me being on right now. I hope that I don't want it to cause a rift, but I also know that, that things need to be, um, this type of thing needs to be said and highlighted. But uh, we have had we have a wonderful family and a group of people who are praying without ceasing. And uh, so I personally have been very blessed and my wife is covered as well. And and thank you for doing that. And you all continue to please. So uh, it's just um, so it's 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 just uh, that's that's where we are right now. And uh, I'm going to continue to fight. I'm not giving up. Well, I, I know that I, I talked to you enough. I know that uh, I know you're not a. <laughs> uh, I know we didn't get much into your background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the first impression yeah. I got. But everyone in the comments, you can please, or everyone listening, please uh, share this and uh, please fill uh, fill the lives of Bill and Debbie and their family with your prayers. Uh, pray for her quick recovery so that uh, she may be back home uh, 
and they can be together again. Uh, but Bill, I want to I want to thank you again. Thank you for coming on, and thank you for uh, for having the courage. Yeah. I know you were told not to come on. Uh, I, thank you because it's so important that we share these these stories and people understand what is going on. Uh, so I, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your courage and uh, prayers and, and love from us here at Conservative Daily and, and from our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll talk again, too. God thank bless you, you Bill. God bless you. I really cannot deal with all these stories. Like, it's just over and over again. Um, before I get too emotional, we do uh, have to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by uh, Air Medcare Network. Um, unlike the hospital systems, uh, when you are unvaccinated, uh, Air Medcare Network will take care of you. If you ever find yourself in need of air medical transport, uh, you, as a member of Air Medicare Network, will not pay a dollar. You will not see any bill uh, for your, you or your entire family if any of you, for any reason, need to, uh, need to use air medical transport. Uh, I am out in Colorado. I like to get up in the mountains. Snowboarding has become a passion of mine since I come out here. Um, but especially with all of the, the weirdness going on in our, in our country right now, uh, for something as, uh, as cheap as this, relatively, for $85 a year, you and your entire household, so not just you, but your whole household, will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. So go to conserv- or I'm sorry, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. Uh, use promo code daily, and you will get up to uh, a $50 gift card, a Visa gift card, uh, back. So it's just free money back. So that's airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily. Uh, use promo code daily uh, for as little as $85 a year. Uh, and another sponsor of our show, MyPillow, uh, the great patriot, uh, brother in Christ, Mike Lindell, uh, as I'm sure many of you are familiar, if not all of you, has been absolutely tireless in fighting for the voice of the American people, for fixing our broken and corrupt election system. And he's got some amazing products. Uh, as I said, uh, I think this morning, my siblings had uh, some MyPillow slippers, which unfortunately were not my size because they were very, very comfortable. Uh, so go to MyPillow, uh, use promo code CD21 and get up to 66% off. And please do support Mike Lindell. He is under financial attack like he hasn't seen Yet, just uh, this week, his banks are threatening to cancel him. Uh, it's a reputational risk. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So go, go to MyPillow, uh, promo code CD21, and get up to 66% off. Uh, so, wow. Um, again, I, I want to I thank Bill. Um, thank you for all of those who are um, giving prayers to him. Um, if you could put up Mr. Producer Image A3, um, still talking about uh, you know, like we talked about the absolute uh, criminality of the media, of the medical system, of the government who is hell-bent on shoving this, uh, this experimental bioweapon, as I, as I call it, uh, down our throats, forcing our children to get it, uh, relegating us to a second class of citizens because we don't agree. Uh, so here's an interesting article. Apple Watch records two days of arrhythmia leading up to death of a 26-year-old following the Pfizer booster. Go to image A4, please. So th- th- this is, this is uh, I mean, not, not like we really, if you're paying attention, you need any more evidence. But so this article, an Apple Watch worn by 26-year-old South Dakota man. So 26 years old. 
died from myocarditis four days after accepting a booster of Pfizer's RNA vaccine. Not a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. Um, and his Apple Watch recorded two, day th- two days of arrhythmia before his death. Uh, the death noted on the official autopsy. His name was Joseph Keating. Uh, myofocal or multifocal myocarditis involving the left ventricle and septum. That's actually a big deal because that means it's involving uh, pretty much all the tissue in the heart. Um, so he died November 12th after receiving, after receiving his Pfizer booster and a flu shot um, just a few days before. Uh, the Pfizer diagnosis, or the final diagnosis, does include receipt of the booster injection and the flu shot. Um, and contributory section positions recent Pfizer COVID vaccine. So it's interesting. They are actually labeling it on his uh, autopsy notes. Um, Common section stated myocarditis following administration of Pfizer COVID not vaccine, because it's not a vaccine, uh, has been noted between the ages of 16 and 29. 16, 29, these are like the years that no one should die of these. This, This is statistically ridiculous. We've said this before, but it's ridiculous. Uh, most commonly presents three to five days following administration. That's pretty causal. I'm sorry. When you have, I'm not a doctor, but when you have all of these uh, instances, we showed many this morning. Uh, go ahead and uh, go to image A5. We showed all these, insta- all these instances this morning of 18-year-old, 13-year-old, 23-year-old uh, athletes, people with no health conditions. No comorbidities, no previous, uh, uh, you know, health complications, and they die days after getting the shot, all from myocarditis. And that's such a drop in the bucket. So uh, it is listed on his official death certificate. Um, So if we go down in the middle, uh, it shows that his previous two doses, this was a booster, were taken months prior in March and April. Uh, For those on audio, I'm reading the article discussing uh, his death. Um, So Dr. Robert Malone, who is the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, by the way, who has come out publicly and stated this is all uh, this is all evil and nonsense, um, who they then tried to cancel uh, the inventor of the RNA vaccine. Uh, How bad is my batch uh, is a website. It shows the batch number associated with Keating's first dose. You can find this as well. How bad is my batch uh, is the website. Uh, And his batch was associated with 2,549 adverse reactions, 9 deaths, 54 disabilities, and 43 life-threatening illnesses based on uh, data parsing from VAERS. 2,549 adverse reactions. I don't know how big uh, or how many shots are in a batch. That's a lot of adverse events, events. I don't care what you say about VAERS and how true how real data and oh it's voluntary that none of that matters that's too many events that's record events even among vaccines and again those being the numbers being you know one percent uh is what they they estimate in terms of the actual events that that occur that's a lot the sec so continuing the article the second dose is reported to be associated with 1,713 adverse reactions, 15 deaths, 23 disabilities, and 22 life-threatening illnesses. Both batches are listed in the site's lot expiry list. Uh, it's claimed denotes the likelihood that a specific batch contained 
actual mRNA vaccine compared to a placebo. So if, you know, w with this information, what it looks like is he actually did get an mRNA shot. Again, why are they giving a placebo? I'm not sure if this is part of a study. Uh, why, would they be, why would there be a placebo? The most safe, effective vaccine ever. Go to the next image, please. Uh, when asked about his symptoms, uh, Kayleen, his mother, told her that he was only experiencing muscle soreness, fatigue, and a sore throat. He wasn't really acting sick, just exhausted. He slept for the rest of the day and attempted to return to work Friday, called in sick because he was more fatigued than the day prior. Uh, I have multiple family members who've had heart problems. That's what they feel like. They feel fatigued. Uh, my father had a quadruple bypass, and that was how he felt for months. He was fatigued beyond uh, recognition. Uh, I, I don't know how much more you can connect the dots. Young, healthy 26-year-old guy gets a shot, a booster. A few days later, he's fatigued and fatigued and fatigued. And then, and then look at this. Uh, so a 35-year critical care nursing veteran took her son's temperature and pulse, noting a fever of 102, uh, 100.2, and a heart rate of 112, gave him Tylenol. Fever went down. Heart rate remained elevated. Uh, his father had dinner with him around 5 p.m. and left at 6. A few hours later, Joseph died suddenly while sitting in a recliner shortly after having an online conversation with friends. The phone and remote control were on his lap. Take that down. 26-year-old man. Go ahead and take it down. Take it down. Um, or actually, no. Is that the next image? You can put that up. Uh, they pulled data at the next day when they went to his apartment from his Apple Watch, which showed two days of arrhythmia in addition to his exact time of death. According to screenshots from his phone, his heart rate was between 84 and 97 the evening of the 10th before developing tachycardia that ranged between 119 and 143 during the evening of November 11th. That's tachycardia's accelerated heart, uh, heart rate. In the morning... His watch recorded a heart rate as high as 149 uh, and then dropped suddenly to 71 a half an hour later before returning to 123, 100, but, uh, returning to 123 to 141 range. Go ahead and take this down. That is abs sorry, that is absolutely abnormal. Number one. 149 to have your heart rate go up to 150 that's like being chased by a bear that's like you get much higher than that you're in full black zone like that's like unimaginable stress that you're not even thinking in your right mind 150 even an like an athlete would need to be i mean you need to be running an ironman with a, a weight on your on your back that that's like a dangerous range to, and he's just he's not doing anything i mean i'm assuming he wasn't exercising since he was he was extremely fatigued. Then his heart rate, heart rate drops down to 70 or 60 and then back up to 130. That's like textbook massive, massive issues. Alexa, am I dying? <laughs> Listen, I've been like, hard I've been, to talk I've, about I've, that. I, I know. I've been, I've been quiet the whole episode. We've been, I've been trying to put together this fax blast because of all of these horrific stories you hear, and they just keep adding up, and they're going to keep adding up. We're running a fax blast tonight on uh, uh, banning, banning the uh, congressional stock trading, banning c congressional stock trading. Because at the end of the day, all of the rats in Washington 
of the slithering eels, the Fauci's, the Garland's, the Pelosi's, the, 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 the dementia in chief, Joe Biden, all of them, they will not care to hear about your interest. They'll sell it to you at the next election and say, donate here, donate there. But at the end of the day, if you look into their financials, all they're doing is ripping you off. Ripping you off so much so that the profit margin is worth your life. You're just a, a rate of return. The American public's life has been boiled down to a rate of return. And so for every American that's wondering, when is it going to end? Is it going to end? No, it's not. It's not until you do so. So for tonight's Facts Blast, it's going to come out a little bit late tonight. I was hammering away on it all during the show. But uh, there has been a proposal for the Banned Congressional Stock Trading Act. And now something like this was touched on in 2012 with something called the Stock Act, which was to ban government officials and anyone in Congress from trading based on insider information. Now, when passed in 2012, shortly after a year later, the act was amended to prohibit disclosure of a lot of things. So essentially, there's a, you know, grandstanding, a lot of, you know, big, scary words uh, passed under Obama, actually. And then a year later, they said, OK, we're going to tweak this, tweak that, tweak this, and we'll go back to normal. Right. We'll just trick the, the sheep. We'll trick the people into thinking that we actually care about them. And so now in the past few weeks, we've started to see this resurface, right? We've seen Fauci come out with tens of millions of dollars in, in financial uh, conflicts of interest. Uh, many of the companies that he's uh, invested in being Chinese uh, companies. Merrick Garland, specifically his son-in-law, uh, was tied back to a book publishing company that was publishing uh, critical race theory. So is it any wonder that Merrick Garland is sending uh, the FBI after parents at, at, at teachers' uh, teachers' meetings, right? And uh, well, that's Nancy what they Pelosi. Do. That's, Nancy that's Pelosi. what they do. So these disgusting creatures, the filth of D.C., as they call it a swamp for a reason, sit back and say, just two more weeks, just two more weeks, two more weeks, right? But there is no more two, there's no two more weeks. It's going to keep going until there's no more blood left to bleed. And the blood that is left to bleed is you, the American taxpayer. So look out, be on the lookout for our fax blast tonight. I'm going to send it out a little bit later. But with it, what you time can... What time going out? Uh, what time is it? Six-ish? Seven? Seven-thirty? Seven? Seven? Seven-thirty? With it, you can lobby your uh, congressional representative, state level... All of Congress, everyone, the president. Well, so we're gonna work. Let's get out. Let's get out as early as possible. I, I, as, as fast as I can. I wanted it to be huge and beautiful, huge, because that's it. That's the end of the game for them. Turn off the money fountain. The money fountain. You're the ones. It's 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 all your money. Turn it off. Do you think these people will let up? The filth of the earth will not let up. I can't say what I'd like to say on this, but it will not let up until you turn off their money. And expose them for what they are. So, be on the lookout for that, and uh, send it accordingly. If I if I need to remind you, of one of our most successful ever, I think actually our most successful ever campaign was uh, the uh, communist darling uh, Sal Amarova. We we got her uh, nomination uh, rescinded. 
Yeah, because we called it. All the emotion, all the politics, all the division aside, it's all about the money. Just follow the money. Well, that's it, what we are here to do. And, and thank you all of those who did donate to that because we are here to be a sword in the hands of the American public. I'm going to get I'm going to get a Go for it. No. Let's see unleash, if I get a unleash. if I get a soundbite for that. But we we are here to be uh, a sword in the hands of the American public to put pressure on these people and uh, and a voice that we can empower all of you and inspire all of you inform all of you so that you realize the power that you have so that we build the density that Joe talks about so often so that we stand together to the point that these people cannot ignore us anymore, that they know that the game is up. They know that we are awake. They know that we are not going to comply. They know that we are not putting up with this anymore. They know that it is our country and we know it is our country and they work for us. Hit them where it hurts, hit them in their wallet because they've come for your kids, they've come for your family, they've come for your freedom, they've come for everything, your jobs, all of it. Hit them where it hurts. Because the only way to push these aging dinosaurs out of the establishment and, and open up a new page for a new day in this country is to turn off their money. So with Zach. that said, Zach. be on the lookout. Chat. Um, so I, I we got, are almost out of time. There. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so, uh, so this episode, we did another, another story that we shouldn't ever have to tell. Um, but... It's important that you hear them because it's important that we all understand exactly what it is that we're fighting, what exactly it is that we're up against, what exactly it is that these people are willing to do, what they are doing, and what they, what they think about us. Um, Mr. Producer, which, uh, which video do you have? What's it called? Uh, which one are you talking about? The video. The rumble? Yep. Uh, the second one? Okay, well, we're going to play this video real quick. Go ahead and, uh, and cue that up, Mr. Producer. Steve, uh, over the weekend, my nonprofit, Be The People Project, hosted an American Dream Conference, and the co-sponsors were Moms for Liberty. Uh, Moms for Liberty in Williamson County, uh, Tennessee. And what happened was that the newspapers and political left totally went after the group. They mischaracterized what took place. But these were moms who organized, who did the research and exposed how critical race theory is being taught in Williamson County. It's being taught in other parts of Tennessee, even though our state has passed a law banning the teaching of critical race theory. And the left, they have talking points, and their talking points are, just as you stated earlier, that Derek Bell, Richard Delgado, Kimberly Crenshaw, they're not being taught. And I mean, that's so ridiculous because their ideas are being taught through K through 12 in kindergarten. And when they shame and bully white people, and when they paint white people as oppressors because of the color of their skin, and because of slavery and ancestry, uh, that is CRT, when you have the, the bullying and the shaming taking place. So uh, real quickly, Dr. Swain, how did they, how did they, how did the, ma the mainstream media in Tennessee, how did they, what did they, how did they, uh, what did they say about w what you guys were doing? What did they say about the sponsorship? Well, 
my nonprofit was the sponsor of the event. And what they did was uh, portray the conference as Moms for Liberty. Dr. Penn Carson was the keynote speaker, but uh, they portrayed us pretty much as right wing, but they really went after Moms for Liberty. They hate Moms for Liberty because these, you know, uh, mothers, middle-class, affluent, you know, predominantly white, but not all white by any means, uh, they are threatened by these women because they are effective. These are people that are standing up, not just to CRT, but also to critical queer theory, critical feminist theory. They are fighting for our children. And so for people out there, you know, please uh, support Moms for America, Moms for Liberty, the groups around our country that have organized to fight, not just for their children, but for all of our children. And their vision is much closer to the vision of Dr. Martin Luther King, whose birthday we celebrate today. If you go back to his letter from a Birmingham jail, go back to the I Have a Dream speech, everything that we would need to get beyond this moment in racial history is contained in those documents. And so we need to go back to Dr. King embrace him, moms for liberty are much closer to that than the leftists out there who purport to be fighting for social justice, but they're really Marxists trying to destroy our nation and its people. They have no love for racial and ethnic minorities or for anyone. Dr. Swain, how do people get to your site, follow you on okay, social you media, take it down and now. get to your book? Because you're one of the- I just wanted to play that because, again, someone who is a... Uh, well, I guess they'd be called what an, an uncle or a, an aunt. Or it's a black white aunt supremacist. Antimima. 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 That's good. Um, I know, right? That's good. I just came up with that. Also known I'll as black white week. supremacist, multiracial white supremacist. <laughs> um, but again, it is it is still uh, the evening of MLK Junior Day, and as these, uh, by the way. Uh, we have some firsthand reports from D.C. that uh, guess who's flying in? Guess who was flying into D.C.? Guess who's flying into D.C. en masse? Who do you think, Jake? Do you mean Joe's in D.C.? No. Oh. Antifa. Oh, for the the but yes, it for the spontaneous uh, march to it's push snowed. HR one the uh, the bill that will legally mandate the steal of our elections. That was supposed to be today. Well, they're all flying in yeah. on their little on their little p- planes that probably you know, are probably paid Canada, for by George Soros. And their Canada goose jackets with the, the fur collars. Something like that. Yeah. They love the environment. I'm, I'm serious. They're flying in. They're in the airport with their helmets on, with their little freedom helmets on, their anti-fascist helmets on, because they're there to spontaneously... Uh, protest for the passage of hr1 because not only do they want to steal your elections they want you to know it they want you to know that you're that they're stealing your elections and that you don't really have any power to change it they don't want to get rid of the machines you know why because they don't want to give up the power over you what's a few billion dollars when you stole a multi-trillion dollar economy I mean, really, like Bannon said it perfectly. What's a few billion dollars? It's a very cheap insurance policy. So if you don't understand what you're going up against, what we're all going up against, what's a few billion dollars? It's your money. Why do they care how it gets spent? So I'll tell you what, this year, uh, and we're out of time, but 
this year we are we are getting rid of machines. I I don't. And I honestly feel like it might turn into be sitting there taking those machines out in the street. You know, I'd an rather abacus. use so I'd rather use guy a there freaking with an abacus, abacus counting the votes. Yeah, good, yes. Bring back the abacus. Abacus twenty twenty two. Uh, abacus party. Make abacus is great again. <laughs> Abacadabacus. <laughs> I, I was gonna. I'm not gonna go any further with that. Um, <laughs> sorry. This is. You can tell it's the end of the day because my humor is degrading. Uh, <laughs> But we will walk those machines out into the street and have a freedom party burning them if we have to. Or as Mike Lindell likes to say, burn them, melt them down, and turn them into prison bars. With that. Mm. Mm. Before we leave, in honor of those great words of recommendation, one more time, a sponsor of the show is MyPillow. So go to MyPillow and use promo code CD21. That is Charlie Delta 21 and get up to 66% off of this amazing Patriot's Giza Dream Sheets, his my pillows, the slippers that I still wish had been bought in the wrong size for my younger siblings so that I could have stolen them uh, and brought them back to Colorado. Uh, but go to my pillow and support him. And uh, if nothing else, just as an, an ode to burning those machines down and turning them into prison bars. That's going to be it for this edition of Conservative Daily. Do, however, go to store.conservative-daily.com and get some of the great apparel products that we have there. I like the uh, Restore Our Republic t-shirt. But we've got a a few great ones, and a few new designs are going to be coming out, as well as uh, a lot of new products uh, that are going to be flooding the store, uh, allowing you to prepare yourself not only with the knowledge and the voice to take back our country, but also to look swell while you're doing it and prepare your family. And if you're interested in hearing more, you can find us live at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Frank Speech, Clout Hub. You can also find us on you audio. the effect when you show the paper. Okay. It makes them know that you're reading from a paper. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on audio. <laughs> At Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Audible. And again, I am a, 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 a fanatic of Rumble. Subscribe and hit the the, the thumbs. Smash up. the Rumble Smash button. The rumble. Smash the Rumble button right calling. now. Smash it. Smash, Smash it. the Rumble button. So like, ugh, like we're gonna smash so the we tyranny. can get great new I'm not sponsors. Get to go out. Like the the individual that made this hoodie. I cannot wait. Actually, Apollo, I cannot wait when we are done with this episode to go into a Circle K and make everyone look, look at it. <laughs> look at <laughs> it. Look at me. <laughs> I am free. <laughs> Uh, okay, text so text the word freedom. freedom to 89517. Please smash the Rumble button. Give it to us on Rumble. You can donate in the comments on Rumble Rants. It helps us grow our show, uh, and it, it's going to help us expand. We are going to have a lot of stuff rolling out this year uh, and very soon. Uh, so uh, give to us if you can. Go to the link in our description. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter uh, where you will get the fax blast, one of them uh, that we're going to send out and that we are going to be pushing uh, for a while now. Um, so please do that. Uh, did you hit everything here? Yeah, no, I, I covered everything. All right, 2022, the year of accountability, the year that we turn machines into prison bars, the year that the cabal, that these evil freaks, know that it's our country and know that we're taking it back. God bless you all. God bless America. That is it for this episode of Conservative Daily. My name is Apollo. And my name is Jake. Stay classy, Colorado. Mm.